0: Science fiction has long anticipated the rise of machine intelligence. Today, a new generation of self-learning computers has begun to reshape every aspect of our lives. Incomprehensible amounts of data are being created, interpreted, and fed back to us in a tsunami of apps, personal assistants, and smart devices, and targeted advertisement. Virtually every industry on Earth is experiencing this transformation, from job automation to medical diagnosis to even military operations. Do You Trust This Computer? explores the promise and perils of this new era. Will AI usher in a new age of unprecedented potential or prove to be our final invention? We're joined today by the director of the film, Do You Trust This Computer? That would be Chris Payne. Chris, we will know him from such wonderful documentaries as Who Killed the Electric Car, Revenge of the Electric Car, and many others. Chris Payne, welcome to Film School. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. This is such an informative and informing film, and also thought provoking. Uh, this film. Where did I know you are kind of a techie? Obviously, from "Who Killed the Electric Car" and other documentaries you've done. You've been in this realm before. What prompted this particular documentary at this particular time?
1: Oh uh, yeah, it's funny you say that because uh, you know the electric car movies were really about te- how technology can solve problems and uh really maybe get us into the future and, and uh oddly this film turned out to be like, oh gosh, we better be careful. Yeah. Uh I don't know. I grew up in in Palo Alto and in the seventies everything was uh sort of coming online here and um I've always been interested in technology and and part of that culture and I've been feeling for the last ten years that you know there is a there's a trouble in the wings with, with uh, the way tech is deploying right now. And we hear a lot about how great it is because that's what marketing and capitalism and you know, and kind of optimistic thinking that we all want to have goes. But uh saw so a chance for us to kind of take uh, Stephen Hawking's Unbelievable statement that there was an existential danger facing us, yeah. and take a look at well, what could that be? And that's where we, uh, that's kind of where we started the film. What are the existential dangers of of this uh, artificial intelligence and computers?
0: I, I remember this statement that he made, and I'm hopefully I don't butcher it too badly, but he basically said that this. Is in some manner of speaking the idea of AI and an out of control technology? Is it? Yeah, it poses a a threat to the very existence of humanity on this planet. It's some. Is is that even close to what he said? Or like that? yeah,
1: I that sounds pretty good. I I'm not looking at the quote, but I, I remember yeah. when I read that, and and then uh, Bill Gates and uh, Musk and. Uh, Wozniak and uh, a number of people I really respect were saying, well, we've got to be careful here. And I thought, well, what, they're worried about Skynet and you know, right. Arnold Schwarzenegger coming back or something. And um, clearly they could not be concerned about that. So we started the process of like, okay, well, let's look at what some reasonable dangers are and try to do it without... Um, you know, arriving in science fiction on the very first beat. And it was a, a much more difficult project than I think any of us expected. Um, and then we wanted to make the thing as entertaining as possible. So we uh, set a pretty uh, unexpectedly challenging <laughs> assignment for ourselves. And I'm really, I'm glad that we were able to deliver finally.
0: Yeah. Let, let me just sort of, uh, and again, please jump in, but I, the film is basically about the this sort of scanning the horizon of technology. where. It came from in in a in a small way that's covered, but also where we are today, and looking over the horizon at where we seem to be headed in a lot of different venues, a lot of different avenues. Uh, and go ahead, jump in if that's and yeah, all. that's
1: that's what we tried to do. Uh, you know, Mark Monroe, who yeah. uh, is my writer on this project, brilliant writer. He he. Uh, Threaded the uh, Icarus, which uh, yeah. you know, last year, which was such a terrific film. And Mark was on so many films that I love, and he, he agreed to come on this thing. And how are we going to take so many threads and try to create like a compression that has something to say about um, awareness and what we, as you know, casual observers and users of this technology, really want to keep our pay attention to in the in the coming years. And so um, we thought, let's thread science fiction as a starting place and then get into the nitty-gritty of what's actually happening. And there's a little bit of history, and there's um, a lot of historical analog, like um, looking at, examples. example, I think uh, Eric Horowitz makes a terrific point in the film um, about how far tech came on airplanes since Kitty Hawk, in the last 50 years, who would believe that we would go from that moment to the moment that we're in with airplanes, just as one example? Mm-hmm. So, when you extend any any historical example of a technology being deployed, the where the, the question of where AI is going is almost impossible to fathom because it's we we just haven't been there before.
0: Right, it, it is. There is uh, there's a formula, and I've forgotten the name of it. That they when they talk about computing and computing power, that every so many years the capacity and the speed doubles. Or I'm, I'm again, I I'm in over my head. Oh, a little you're thinking bit.
1: about uh, Moore's law.
0: Moore's law, and
1: yeah, and it yeah, just just the the uh, incredible acceleration of processing power, and you know that, that was predicted to like play out very quickly, and and and. And I think even to Gordon's surprise, Gordon Moore, who, who who coined this expression years ago, uh, the speed of processors and the price of intelligence kept you know going up and down at the same time at these incredible rates of speed. Uh, some people think that might be plateauing now and that, that uh, technology is not going to continue at this this breakneck speed. But for every theory like that, there's one saying, you know what, we are just getting into the amount that we can do with uh, machine intelligence, not because of the hardware, but because of the way the software is behaving. And I think it's really that the core of our film was looking at how software is improving and, and what it's beginning to be able to do.
0: Right. I know that uh, a few years ago they were talking about that, you know, we're, we are approaching the ceiling, but it, and it had all to do with the materials that we're using, mm-hmm. and then there was a lot of discussion about the different kinds of materials that they're coming up with, sort of uh, material that they're essentially is man-made now, and they're just creating this the bubble technology. I remember that was another one that was coming, and it was going to revolutionize. <laughs> the, you know, all kinds of things are going to happen. And, and again, I think a big component of this, and we talked a little bit off mic about this, is... Yes, the technologies are improving. Yes, the, the the software engineers are getting better and better. All these kinds of things are accelerating this rise of artificial intelligence and also robotics that are replacing humans and all the rest of it. But it's hard to ignore the kind of the the uh, the profit margin as a something that is pushing us further than our ability to understand what's going on. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I would. I think. That's because you know the smartest, um, best people, arguably, in uh, in tech right now are at companies where they can make a lot of money. And uh, for a while, that was hedge funds. In fact, uh, David Ferrucci, who developed IBM Watson, that famously uh, one beat human beings in Jeopardy, which people thought was never possible. He's got work, working with a, a hedge fund in New York to try to like figure out algorithms that can make money. Um, and <laughs> many of the top um a i people in the world are working for google at deepmind uh at facebook the these These people are working in companies that are set up to make money and the problem with that of course is that there's other values to society besides making money yes. and oftentimes the way you make money is you you build things for the military you build things mm-hmm. to make money off the stock market, which isn't always a uh, a great way to create value in society mm-hmm. so I think we're sort of up against our own nemesis. Like people want to be successful; they want to have a good run if they're smart enough to figure something out. But on the flip side, is what kinds of what kinds of society are we creating, and and what will the cost be?
0: Right, and without painting it as all dark and you know and disastrous, but in a way, <laughs> in in a way, in a way, we we've, we've met the enemy, and and he is us. And, yeah, I just.
1: And of course, there are, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's amazing, incredible things going on with AI. This is, right. uh, and our our film is not meant to be doom and gloom about it. Right. Uh, where the the strongest stuff is happening in medicine, of course, diagnostics and. People can go in with a uh, with a diagnostic image of of a cancer or something like that, and you can have a computer pick out an image, out of compare it to hundreds of thousands of other images, and pick out a problem that uh, a radiologist might not be able to see, and 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 suggest a possible um, you know therapy for it. Right. So and that that's one of, you know, millions of examples. Right. You know, if you that's... look at Ray Kurzweil's writing and a lot of the uh people that are utopians about what's happening next, uh, there's a lot that is very true in in what they're what they're up to. But it's it's there's two sides of the coin and we thought we had the opportunity to well, let's look at the at the flip side of the coin a little bit and then uh let, let the audience make the decision.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and you're right. The, the, the it is an incredible uh, opportunity in terms of human well-being and health. The ability to we can watch we can watch at the uh, the micro level cells reproduce, which are causing cancer, and how you can combat that. The, just a phenomenal the surgery that's performed in the film uh, on a a brain operation, which is just unbelievably delicate and dangerous, and yet we're getting this fantastic um, aid from from, com- machines. from machines or doing the, all kinds of things. By the way, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Chris Payne. He is the director of this new film. It's called Do You Trust This Computer? Um, and there's there's one person who, and you'll have to help me, who said it in the film, who said, uh, which you, you mentioned Google a minute ago, that he he posits in the film – he doesn't even know if Google knows where it's going because in a lot of ways they're driving this uh, idea of AI and also the ability to tailor information to every single specific person who, on the planet. And this is an amazing, remarkable uh, technology that we're also talking about, tailoring it to you. Sort of the, re- the Internet becomes a reflection of yourself in the eyes of these com- of the computer you're on, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, Tim, Tim made that comment about Google, and I I think that this is um, this is one of the challenges that the film presents, is this is like undirected intelligence. It's Of course, there's profit motive involved, but Google's doing a lot of pre-research, uh, of pure research as well. Yeah. But the, the trick is that is it's not necessarily directed at any end that anyone understands, and so there's inherent risks in that, and that's why for them to pick up a, a, you know, a big cruise missile technology, uh, project where they're helping the, you know, weapons target individuals and stuff like this. This is, this is very dangerous. (laughs) And, and and to your second point, the the personalization, uh, even if we're not talking about weapons and that rather ominous thing, but, um, this is sort of where our film lands is when it's being used, um, in democracies, it's, makes things super precarious. And only a machine can know your entire, you know, browser search history and, and can compare that against tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of other people and make determinations about you, what kind of person you are, how you might vote, and what kinds of things might persuade you to change your vote. And uh we all saw what happened with Cambridge Analytica and in and, and, and Brexit and in uh our own elections here. So these are simple but very powerful AI tools that are already at work and we had a chance to talk about them, which we did.
0: Yeah, you did. And so, again, a very balanced across-the-board, a lot of different, very interesting uh, experts chiming in. Just to run through a list of them, you mentioned uh, David Verrucci from uh, Watson, the IBM Watson Project. But you also you mentioned also Ker- uh, uh, Kurzweil, one of my Butchering his first name. Um, oh, Ray. Ray, Ray Kurzweil, Kurzweil yeah. uh, who, who we, we know from the singularity of people know. Andrew Ning from, uh, from Google. Uh, gosh. Uh, yeah, just a whole, whole. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, well, uh, who was at, was part of the Google Deep, uh, the brain project originally. He's, he, he's, uh, no longer at Google, I don't think, but he's like one of the, the seminal thinkers there out of Stanford. Right. Uh, we were very lucky to get the people that we got Erica out of Mark, Microsoft and, yeah. uh, Elon Musk, who's got, uh, OpenAI and has a, a lot of opinions about this subject. Um, Stuart Russell. The thing is that Ron thing. then uh, uh, Al Kenobi, who started Affectiva on the East Coast, which is developing software to really read human emotions. And this is uh, amazing potential of of machines to, like, read our expressions. But, of course, there's a flip side, too, that if we give machines too many tools, we'll have to be prepared for how they might be used against us by bad actors.
0: Right, right. By the way, was Michael Kaczynski, uh, is he the one who wrote the program that... Uh Cambridge Analytica used uh, in ga- in sort of their data profiling. Is he done? The- yes,
1: uh, Mikhail Kowalski wrote oh, Mikhail. Uh, the software. Yeah, out of Stanford, out of Cambridge, actually, and we, we wanted to get into that story more deeply um, because there's so much intrigue to it. And I think uh, Mikhail takes a very cautious approach to making an out- outright statement on that. So you'll have to look at the research of that. But certainly his. Research called psychographics was connect, what, teaching computers how to connect personality uh, to their uh, Facebook profiles, right. for example. This was turned out to be a very powerful, marketable technology.
0: Well, well, right. And he was able to get a hold of a whole, like a, a treasure trove, a, a massive dump of Facebook profiles. Um, Data, Facebook uh, profiles, which at which to that point I don't think had ever been granted voluntarily to anyone yeah. on that scale.
1: Yeah, it was a very, very, you know, simple idea, but a brilliant one. He did, he got people to take free personality tests, which everybody wants, you know, where they are in their personality, and then was able to use, uh, what people liked on Facebook or not, and to make all these corollaries between whether you're introverted or extroverted, whether you're a more cautious person or a more experimental person, and begin to make valid psychological observations about you based on just something as simple as what you liked on Facebook.
0: Yeah. Hey, you know, for people who are interested in this film, they should be. Uh, the film, again, is Do You Trust This Computer? You'll watch this film, and I guarantee you if you watch it with anyone else, anyone that's breathing and, and, and able to uh, formulate a complete thought, well, you will want to talk about this because there are so many things brought up in the course of this film that are – not just entertaining for the sake of knowing about technology, but really truly things that were profoundly impactful on on you and on on the and the world we live in and I, we, I we're basically kind of running out of time here, but that deep thinking um, project that you you alluded to earlier is the thing that should keep us all up at night because it, it, in the in the movie there's a really kind of dire possible. Dire prediction about where we are headed with that technology. Yeah.
1: yeah, we wanted to look at it all and make it entertaining, and, and we got uh, Cigar Rose to do our finale song, so uh, we we're super happy about that. I
0: that's love Cigar Rose, I love them too. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's just provocative. I mean, really, truly, uh, you know, there's another documentary that came out a few years ago that I, I often refer to as one of the most profoundly impactful documentaries that I've seen in a long time, and that's Zero Days. And, oh, yeah. and the way that it basically makes the point that you really, honestly, at the end of the day, if you can't really have a lot of trust, it, it just makes it more difficult to have unfettered trust in what you're seeing um, online because anything is possible. The able the ability to disguise where information is coming from, you know what it means and your in your film it pulls that part that pulls that thread of zero days apart in a way that we can more readily understand what that what the impact and what the real meaning of that is
1: well, that's a very nice compliment. You know, Alex makes terrific movies, and he helped uh, He helped us on Who Killed the Electric Car. I think the world of him. And when uh, that movie came out in the middle of our production, we thought, okay, well, we don't need to tell the Zero Day story, but we certainly can, like, uh, look at a piece of it yeah. and, and why it might be a threat. So, yeah, it's a great connection you're making.
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I, I know that if, without giving too much away in your personal life I believe you're off to a very special event uh, as we speak uh, do you want to talk about that at all or where well, are you sure going? I mean
1: yeah. the theme this year at uh, Burning Man is iRobot and there's always <laughs> been a lot of tech people out there I I, it's, I think where I met a, a lot of the, of the people in the tech world that I've gotten to work with over the years so it's a it's a kind of a holiday and kind of a abandoned and I always look forward to it
0: a working holiday maybe awesome
1: <laughs> yes <Yeah>, for <laughs> For my
0: unconscious. <laughs> well, I, I am so happy. I, I, I hadn't mentioned this on air. Chris Payne was the very first filmmaker I ever had on film school. And, and uh, thank you so much for this film. Thank you for your work over the years, your, your, uh, your insights, and your your ability to tell a, a story that makes it uh, understandable and relatable Uh, not only for uh, the electric car and the fate of the electric car, but all the other work that you've done. And this is no exception. This is a terrific documentary. Uh, Do you trust this computer? Chris Payne, thank you so much for being here on Film School. Hey, thank you, Mike.